Hello, my name is Karen Hughes and I'm the Domestic Violence Clinical Services Coordinator for the Life Crisis Center. And I want to welcome you to Life Crisis Today. Sex trafficking is not something we think about. We think it's just on the news, it happens elsewhere, but it's here, it happens here. And so we're gonna talk about that today. And with me is Dr. Danielle Thomas and she's the Child Sex Trafficking Regional Navigator. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Human trafficking. We always think this happens elsewhere. You know, it happens at, in, um, I don't know, major cities right. or um, big resorts or anything like that. But it's here. It's here on the shore. Absolutely. Uh, human trafficking happens everywhere. Um, it's actually been reported in every single uh, state across the country. Mm. Um, human trafficking, I think a lot of people have this mindset that human trafficking needs to um be passing borders, um, such as the southern border or the northern border, mm. or passing through state lines, um, mm -hmm. but actually human trafficking can happen anywhere. Um, it doesn't require that uh, border transportation. Does there need to be bondage? Um, some trafficking does include physical restraints, but we know through research and through talking to survivors that a lot of traffickers use them emotional restraints mm -hmm. um, and use that to restrict um, their level of opportunity that they have. Right. We think of um, the young people who come here like after school's out and you know and they're going to be kidnapped or mm -hmm. um, taken away in bondage or things like something right. like that. But bond, uh, kidnap even kidnapping isn't part it, part of it all the time either. Right. Um, I think with our society, we see a lot of those things on Facebook where it's beware of this white van at Walmart or, and absolutely we need to be aware of our surroundings, but trafficking is a business and traffickers are very good at their job um, and they um, manipulate um, creating uh, relationships with their victims um, through defrauding, uh, threatening them to exploit them and different things like that. So absolutely we need to be aware and cautious of um, different types of things like that, different mm -hmm. um, things that we may see in our community that look unsafe, absolutely. And it could be trafficking, but we know through research that it most of the time is not. Right. And you said it's a business. That always surprises me when you talk to me about that. Yeah. Um, human trafficking is actually the largest and fastest growing criminal industry across the globe. Um, annually, it's estimated it brings in $150 billion, with a B, um, oh dollars uh, a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, as we're sitting here talking, it's estimated that there are 50 million people enslaved right now. Wow, that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm thinking that, I know like when I talk to somebody about abuse, um, we th talk about grooming. That I, I'm thinking in trafficking that happens as well. Absolutely. Traffickers are really great at the grooming process, being able to um, create those relationships and those bonds. Um, and like we were talking about earlier with the physical bondage, um, traffickers use physical bondage less and emotion, emotional bondage more. And grooming is one of those ways that they cultivate that. Yeah. Um, identifying their target victims. Um, uh, vulnerabilities and mm. using them for exploitation. What kinds of things that do they do for grooming? Oh goodness! Um, right now, with co well, with COVID, we saw not just our society pivot, but also the world of human trafficking pivoted as well. Um, so right now, we're seeing a lot of um, grooming online um, and through other types of gaming. Mm. Um, so we see that uh, through those online uh, interactions and through um, different 
types of games, like Roblox is a big one. Um, being able to cultivate those um, relationships through online, you don't necessarily know who you're talking to at all times. Right. And then you open up and you share some vulnerabilities and then that person is there to use that vulnerability um, to manipulate you. And then and then they, off they go with trafficking. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anything else with the internet? Yeah, so, oh goodness, for human trafficking um, and really just prevention in general, I love to talk about internet safety um, and having parents who, especially if you're a parent of a young child who has access to the internet or has tablets or a phone, know the apps that they're using, um, mm -hmm. whether it's different types of apps on an Android or an iPhone that you would be so surprised that have different back routes um, to be able to hold different vaults of different pictures that most parents or most people who look at a cell phone may not be able to identify those. So I love to encourage parents to research, figure out what your, your child is into, um, play those games with them, mm -hmm. um, and I really encourage uh, boundaries as far as screen time and accessibility to screen time. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just wonderful whenever screen time is used within um, like a family room mm -hmm. and not necessarily alone uh, with a, a closed door. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I've always been amazed of things I learned too because I help victims how to be safe of, I didn't know that there are fake apps that you have to really even research. You think it's a really yes. good app, but it's not. And that can really set you up to get into trafficking as yes. well because of those fake apps. Yeah, um, the one that comes to my mind uh, off the top of my head is there's a calculator app um, and it looks exactly like the calculator app on your phone. Um, but when you go into the fake calculator app, you put in your passcode and then it opens up into a vault where you can store pictures and other different types of files. Yeah. Um, but typically a parent wouldn't necessarily know that it's there. Yeah, um, privacy settings too. Absolutely. Yes, um, know what they are. Um, specifically, like my, my daughter, she has a, 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 an Amazon tablet, which mm -hmm. is totally different than an iPad or anything else that I'm used to. So being, ed being educated in how to set those privacy settings and what they are, um, I really encourage parents to do that research. Right. Yeah. I know, when I change phones, oh my gosh, I have to learn it all over again as to what does this phone do. Yes. So every single device, it changes. Yeah. And as the technology changes, we have to be on top of that. Yes. So it's never ending. Absolutely. And not just the privacy settings on your phone, but the privacy settings for that specific app. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go in and see what it is and make sure that every single one is on the highest level you can make right, it. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so we've been talking about trafficking, but we haven't really defined it. Yeah. What is it? So human trafficking, there are two different definitions. So we'll talk about the adult definition first. The okay. adult definition of trafficking is the recruitment, the harboring, the transportation. That is the purpose or for the purpose of uh, force, fraud or coercion. So that's where we're talking about the grooming and the manipulation and the mm -hmm. deception. And it's always for the purpose of exploitation. Um, so that is an, the, defin the legal definition for the adult victim of trafficking. A child victim is a little different because we know that a child can't necessarily consent. Right. Um, so when we're talking about a child victim, it is anything um, any service provided in exchange for something of value. So we see this a lot when we're talking uh, about runaway youth um, who may need a place to sleep. Um, and so they may exchange a sexual service in exchange for a roof over their head at night. And that definition is um, child sex trafficking or child human trafficking. Okay. And there's, when I think of trafficking, I think of the sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. But there's more than that. 
Yes. Um, so actually, there is a national human trafficking hotline. It's housed by the Polaris Project. And in 2021, their statistics showed that there were over no, there were 25 different revenue streams of trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, some of those are sex trafficking, some of those are labor trafficking, and some of those are combined. Mm -hmm. um, so specifically, the sex trafficking streams would be like uh, pornography mm -hmm. or residential sexual servitude. Um, the ones that overlap are going to be the bars, cantinas, your salons, your uh, uh, massage parlors. And then for labor trafficking, uh, we actually have a good mix of, of this around here. Um, agricultural, construction crews, um, traveling sales crews, uh, fishing industry. There's a lot of different labor mm -hmm. trafficking revenues that most people um, don't aren't necessarily aware of because they think we stick to that sex trafficking um, right. side a lot right. more. It could also be that they have to work, like you said, in any of those industries, but then they're either not paid or paid very little. Right. Their papers are held. Yes. I don't know if anything else. Um, yeah. for, that's what I've learned from you. So what else am, am I forgetting? Yeah, that? no, that's perfect. Um, labor trafficking can happen in a lot of different ways. Um, and the people who are most at risk doesn't mean that they are always trafficked, but the people who are most at risk of being labor trafficked um, are those who are here on work visas, um, just because they may not know all of their rights. Mm -hmm. um, we as Americans, we may not know all of our rights sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about somebody coming over to a new country, may not know the language, it just puts them at a higher risk for exploitation because that's one of their vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. They don't, they are not aware of all of their rights. Right. So a trafficker can exploit that and come to them and say, hey, give me all of your papers. I'll hold them for you. You have to make X amount of money for me and I'll give these papers back to you. So whenever you have made that set amount of money that I told you, you come to me and ask for your papers and I say, no, no, I'm upping this amount. And then you have to go back to work, but I'm never going to give you your papers back. Right. And now I have your papers and I tell you, you can't go anywhere. You can't talk to anybody. Nobody's here to help you. Right. You have to do this for me. Right. What about familial um like family businesses, mm. can there be trafficking there? Absolutely. Um, so the four major types of human trafficking are going to be sex trafficking, labor trafficking, familial trafficking, and child trafficking. Um, familial trafficking can be both sex and labor trafficking. Essentially, familial trafficking is um, where a parent or a guardian um, sell their child um, for either the purpose of sex or the purpose of um, labor mm -hmm. to be able to provide their basic needs. That's okay. essentially what we see in, in familial trafficking. Okay. Um, you have a new position. I do. The regional navigator. Yes, ma'am. Um, Talk about that, because that's exciting. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so um, I started at the end of January with the Life Crisis team. Um, so. It is a program called the Regional Navigator Program, and the program complies with the Child Sex Trafficking Screening Act of 2019. And when that act was set into law, it required every county in the state of Maryland to have a regional navigator. And that regional navigator provides long-term case management for any victims of sex trafficking up to age 24. Mm. Um, it's wonderful because we know from research that a child victim of trafficking is going to voluntarily return to their trafficker on average of seven times mm -hmm. just to have their basic needs met. And right. um, so being able to provide that long-term case management to meet those basic needs to help reduce um, the voluntary re-victimization of those kiddos um, is really important. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so it sounds like you meet with the 
clients as well as give them the resources. Absolutely. Um, is this like a one-time thing or what, what do you yeah, do? Yeah, so um, I support victims. It, we know from re from research that most victims are not identifying as victims because right. they don't know that they are victims, right. especially with that grooming process. So the bill covers those who are at risk or suspected of trafficking, as well as people who are confirmed trafficking survivors. Um, and so I help provide that long-term case management, advocacy, um, empowerment, legal advocacy, anything that that victim and their non-offending caregivers need, I'm here to help. Um, so it doesn't matter how long you're in the program, mm -hmm. it can go up until age 24. So if somebody wow. starts at age 10, we can provide those services through age 24. And it's awesome. wonderful because it's all throughout the state of Maryland that even if that child and that family moves, they still get those same services. Wow, that's yeah. great, yeah. yeah. What resources are out there? Oh goodness, so besides the Regional Navigator Program, right. which anybody can refer um, through the Life Crisis Center, um, two major resources that I wanna touch on um, before we get to the, the hotline numbers. One is gonna be um, slaveryfootprint.org, and you can go online and you can fill out a survey. It asks you lots of different questions of the items that you have. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I'm passionate about as the Regional Navigator is providing community awareness mm. of human trafficking. Um, and a lot of times we don't know that we ourselves are consumers of labor trafficking mm. and so this website slavery footprint asks you all these questions about the items that you have and so when I last filled it out I actually have 52 slaves working for me on a daily basis Ooh. just from the items that I have my cell phone the clothes that I wear the different um, foods that I eat um, so that's a really good website to like just coffee coffee bananas it, I mean it can be anything oh it's a lot yeah okay. um, so for me um, encouraging not just myself but everybody to be a smarter consumer um, is a really big way that we can help tackle labor trafficking okay. um, so slavery footprint and the other one is sweat and toil and that is an mm -hmm. app from the Department of Labor that you can download on your phone and you can go in like those bananas or the coffee and you can pick that item and you can see uh, the countries that produce and export that specific item and then you can kind of dive into how those items are sourced. Um, mm -hmm. Are they sourced through child labor? Are they sourced through forced labor? Um, and so just being a smarter consumer in general of the items that I purchase, the items that I buy, um, those types of things. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You said hotlines. Hotline, yes. So uh, the National Human Trafficking Hotline, it is 1-888-3737-888. Um, you can also, they also have a text line too, which is really cool. And it's, uh, you can text be free. It's 233-733. Um, and the hotline is not just there for um, if you are a victim of trafficking. It's there for if you see something, say something. Um, so they provide a lot of different services as far as helping to connect um, different things, not just survivors that need assistance. So is the text chat type of thing, is that uh, um, specific to a region? Because I know uh, the Life Crisis Center has a text chat and you have to put your zip code in. So you're getting in the, the area. You don't have to do for the BC. That I'm not aware of. I don't okay. think so. Okay. Um, those two, the hotline is sourced out of um, DC through, okay. the, through the Polaris Project. Okay, okay. So that's how you help and there's some resources that someone can look up. What about the community? How can the community help? Goodness. So one of the ways that I um, 
I firmly believe that the community can help. I think when we're talking about human trafficking, we our minds go to rescue, mm. um, and I my mind goes to prevention. Mm. And I think that the prevention piece is so is so critical within our community that everybody can have a, a key part in that. Um, so the two major ways that I encourage our community to um, pr help provide that prevention um, is be a trusted adult to the youth mm. and families in your community. Do life with the community, with the families that are in your community, whether it's a family down the street that may not look like you or talk like you. Um, and the second thing is to support the foster youth and foster families in our community. Mm. Um, we know through research that being in foster care is a huge risk factor for human trafficking mm. and exploitation. Um, so being able to provide assistance in any way possible. I know Life Crisis has our CASA program, mm -hmm. um, our court appointed special advocates, and they are always looking for volunteers. Um, right. So that is a wonderful way to be able to give back, not just to our community, but also be able to provide that prevention piece for human right. trafficking. Right. And also, like you said, um, just be aware and be the good consumer. See, see what, how can we do things a little differently? Absolutely. Yeah, and being aware. Yeah. Anything, because we've talked about a lot of things, and I know sometimes our mind's like, okay, forgot this, what I need to say. Um, is there anything that we've forgotten? Um, I don't think there's anything else, but I will say again, um, human trafficking is happening here. It's definitely happening on the Eastern Shore in right. a lot of different types of capacities. Right, and right now we're seeing it in, um, in familial trafficking, online trafficking, mm. um, migration trafficking, we're seeing a lot of different types of trafficking. So it is happening here and I encourage everybody that is here to keep their eyes open. And if you do see something that you think is suspicious, I definitely encourage you to contact the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Wow, great. Well, thank you, Danielle. Of course, thank yeah. you for having me. Thanks. And I wanna thank you for joining us. As I said at the beginning, human trafficking is not something we usually talk about, but it is here on the shore. And if you do know of somebody or you are afraid one of your family members or friends are maybe getting involved in something or, or part of something that is possibly trafficking, please reach out, get some help. We do have people here through the Life Crisis Center who can help you. And if you do need to reach the, the Life Crisis Center, we have a hotline. And the hotline number is 410-749-HELP. Again, the hotline number is 410-749-4357. Now, if you're a person that doesn't like to talk but just want to chat, we do the text to chat, and that number is 898-211. And you do have to put in your zip code for the, the text to chat. We are part of the 211 system. 211 is information and referral. We are part of the National Suicide Hotline, and that number is 988. We have a website, lifecrisiscenter.org. We also are on Facebook, we're on Instagram. There are lots of ways to reach us. Please don't suffer, don't be worried about something. How do I get somebody help? Reach out. I also want to thank Pac-14 for making this show available. Thank you.